Greetings and welcome to the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Best. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. For this episode, I'd like to talk about inspiration. You know, the things, people, places that inspire our creativity. The interesting thing about inspiration is that it can come from literally anywhere. I mean, you could be inspired by a person, a place, a word, a tree, a book, a song. Hell, even what you had for dinner last night. Anything can create the spark that morphs into an idea. Personally, I've had creative projects inspired by all sorts of things. Some of them evolve into finished products while others have flamed out. Nature of the beast. There are some ideas that seem great at the time, but I just can't seem to make them work. But that's beside the point. I want to focus on things that inspire me, and hopefully hit on things that inspire you, my listener. For me, inspiration for my stories comes from so many different places. I can read something in a book, either nonfiction or fiction, and have it trigger a what-if cascade. For example, I read a fair amount of nonfiction science-related books, history, autobiographies. I was reading Salvador Dali's autobiography, which, as a side note, I highly recommend for anyone interested in creativity and art and extremely unreliable narrators. And I got to a section where he wrote about one of his most famous paintings, The Persistence of Time. But as I read that section, I started thinking about time itself, the passage of time, how we perceive time, And that, in turn, got me thinking about space travel and the issues with time displacement. If you're not familiar with this, the basic idea is that time moves differently for people traveling at great speeds in space than it does for people here on Earth. So, for example, you send one twin off in a rocket traveling at sublight speed while the other one stays here on Earth. Ten years later, the space twin returns. Now, according to relative theory, the twin that went into space will have aged less than the twin that stayed behind. This is called the twin paradox. Look it up. It's an interesting thought experiment. And not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but this would also mean that someone traveling in an airplane is aging slower than someone standing on the ground. (laughs) I love physics. And yeah, I thought about this for a bit and wondered if there was a story here. I'm sure that other authors have written stories based on this premise, but I hadn't yet, and I thought it would be an interesting idea to explore. So far, I've written a few very rough drafts, but nothing substantial yet. I'll find the story eventually. This is just a basic example of how ideas can be triggered, and I found it interesting how my mind jumped from an artist writing about one of their paintings to a paradox in relative theory. You know, something else I like to do is keep a running list of potential story titles. I've been doing this for years and have several pages, two columns each, of titles. I find that sometimes a title just pops into my head randomly, or I'll read a phrase in a book that sounds cool, or maybe a piece of a song lyric. So I have this list of something like 200 titles, and every so often I pull it up on my MacBook and look it over. If I'm lucky, one of them catches my eye, and I'll Think about it for a while, maybe a few minutes, or maybe a few days. But usually an idea begins to take shape. This happened with my short story, Consumed, which has been published in a couple of vampire anthologies. 
I had added the word to my list after reading an article about shark attack and how the shark had consumed the swimmer. I liked how the word sounded when I said it out loud. It has a certain inflection. It's like eaten or swallowed or ingested. But I felt that it had a, I don't know, a darker tone to it, a finality. So I put it on the list and moved on to other things. And it may have been a couple of months later, I was reviewing the list and the word caught my eye again. I don't remember all the triggers that fell into place, but when I started thinking about it, I began to imagine a vampire, a female vampire. So how did this word apply to her? She consumed the blood of her victims, obviously, but that was too stereotypical. What if she was the one being consumed? But then who or what would consume a vampire, and why? So I began playing with the ideas, wrote a couple of drafts, and finally stumbled upon the story. And yeah, I think it turned out pretty good. Good enough to be picked up twice, which was great for my self-esteem. And I have one more example for you. I have an old photo of my biological mother from when she was probably, I don't know, 18 or 19 years old. It's a grainy black and white picture of her sitting on a beach on the English coastline. I've had it for years, tacked to a cork board in my home office. I never thought much about it. I mean, it's a nice photo, but I have a lot of photos in my house. So one day I was looking at it and had this weird thought about a woman sitting on a beach, much like this, but waiting for someone. I thought, who would she be waiting for? The beach in the photo is empty except for my mother and whomever took the photo. Maybe there's someone in the water. I thought, well, maybe that's the English Channel. And, you know, back in World War II, a lot of RAF planes went down in the Channel. Then it hit me. This woman is waiting for her fiancé, whose plane went down in the Channel. From there, the story took off. I wrote the first draft in about an hour, then revised it over the next couple of days. Again, I find it so interesting how the mind catches on to something, some idea or fragment, then goes off on its own in some different path. It always makes me wonder how inspiration works for other artists. How do they come up with their ideas? I imagine that it depends on what medium they work in. I mentioned a few already, but there are also times when an idea just pops into your head. I don't know where it came from or what inspired it, it's just there. I sometimes wonder if it's not related to the unconscious mind. In a previous episode of this podcast, I mentioned Freud's theory that our unconscious mind picks up on everything, everything we encounter but aren't consciously aware of. Subtle things, slight odors in the air, noises in the background when we're concentrating on something, stuff like that. Those random ideas or bursts of inspiration may stem from the unconscious. I've heard a lot of artists say that they're inspired by family or loved ones. You know, if you look at the history of art, the main source of inspiration for many artists seems to be love. Romantic love tops the list, obviously. But there's also love of the human form, love of nature, and self-love. I guess it shouldn't be surprising. I mean, I know love has inspired me over the years and been the reason for many of my poems, Love, of course, is arguably the most powerful emotion, which brings me back to the point I made in another previous podcast, specifically that artists always put a piece of themselves into their work, and that piece is often emotion. 
Just look at Shakespeare's sonnets as a good example. And then there's all those love songs that have been written over the centuries. Thousands, hundreds of thousands. Here's a fun fact. The oldest known ode to love was found on a Mesopotamian tablet from 2000 BC. It's called The Love Song for Shu Sin. And actually, it's kind of steamy. Here's a little taste of it. Bridegroom, let me caress you. My precious caress is more savory than honey. In the bedchamber, honey-filled, let me enjoy your goodly beauty. Lion, let me caress you. My precious caress is more savory than honey. Sounds like they really, really liked honey, doesn't it? And while it can be argued that love is the most popular form of inspiration for artists, there are other emotions that rank up there. Fear is probably a close second. Many artists have created works based on fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of war. Fear of death. Fear of losing love or loved one. Fear is the reason that we have paintings from Bikensky, Munch, Goya, Geiger. It's the reason we have film noir, which evolved after the end of World War II and people were still recovering from those horrors. And yeah, even horror films, both good and bad, are the result of creators exploring their fears. Fear is one of the most primal emotions we have, and that makes it a powerful inspiration. Hell, the earliest humans were probably afraid of everything. The dark, thunder, howling wolves in the night. That's where our earliest myths come from. One could argue that fear is the foundation of religion. Fear is what kept us alive. I remember reading about a study that found an increase in the production of horror-related works, movies, books, other art forms, during times of war and economic instability. An example of this is the movie Dawn of the Dead. Back in the mid to late 1970s, the United States was dealing with some economic issues and a gas crisis. Long lines at the gas pumps, gas stations running out of fuel, gas prices skyrocketing, inflation, dogs and cats living together. It was a mess. People were both angry and scared. Dawn of the Dead came out in 1978, during the midst of these economic woes. The movie itself, if you haven't seen it, can be interpreted as a mirror of the then-current state of affairs. The lost souls wandering aimlessly, consumerism, and how society was basically destroying itself, eating itself alive. I don't know if the director, George Romero, intended for the movie to act as a commentary on all this, but as I've said before, artists always put a little bit of themselves into their work. The fears addressed in Dawn of the Dead may simply have been Romero's own fears, and he unintentionally added that to the subtext of the screenplay. As I noted earlier, inspiration can come from anywhere or anything, and this is a topic I want to explore more in the future. Of course, I'm speaking as a writer. So how does it work for a painter? Are they inspired by other artists' work? Are they inspired by nature? human-made objects, cityscapes? Does a visual artist see a blur of color from an ad on a passing bus and get inspired to paint something? I plan to speak with other artists and creative types to get their take on where they find their inspiration. This means I'd also like to hear from you. What's your take on it? Where do you find inspiration? Is it from a loved one, nature, food, 
raw emotion? I'd love to hear your thoughts. And here's a challenge for you. I'm going to give you a word, and I'd like you to create something based on the word. It doesn't matter if you write, draw, mold something out of clay, paint it, and it doesn't matter if what you create ends up not having any literal relation to the word. The point is to think about it, then create something. Let it inspire you, and it can be anything. So here's the word. Redemption. Say it out loud. Write it down. Look up the definition. Check out some synonyms and antonyms. Give it a few days to percolate. Then create something. Redemption is your inspiration. Okay, so that's about it for this episode. I appreciate you listening in, and I hope that I gave you some things to think about. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Suggestions for future shows, questions you may have about the creative process, or just to say hi. You can find me, of course, on my website, richardbiss.com. There's a contact form that you can fill out and submit, or you can maybe catch me on Twitter. I'm going to sign off for now, but I'll talk to you next week. Cheers.